going on out there, everybody, all you blitzers? This is the All Out Blitz podcast with Jeff and Brady. And we are here to talk what happened in the absolutely crazy super wild card weekend. Super wild, wild card west weekend. The playoffs are upon us. <coughs> well, they're right here. Yeah. And the weekend did not disappoint in good football. Eh, there were like a game or two that disappoint that was pretty disappointing to us. Well, I would say the endings, yes. Yeah. But that, the football no, good games. The football was phenomenal. Yeah. Just like we expect, with the exception of one team that is just terrible and didn't belong there. And no, it's not from the NFC East. It's the Chicago Bears. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to do some fun facts here in a second. Brady's we typical facts. We're going to talk uh, latest news around the league. Uh, then we're going to jump into all the games from this past weekend and Super Wildcard Weekend. And then we will talk about some typical... Uh, not necessarily league, well, league leaders around wildcard weekend, and then just a little bit of additional stuff from our typical segment because you, Brady, brought up last week as we were covering league leaders for the regular season. When we talked about receiving, I didn't include tight ends, and that's my mm-hmm. bad. So I'm going to recap quickly receiving studs over the year including tight ends, to see who is in that list as a pass catcher. So let's start off with some facts. NFL facts. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Number one, five teams have gone without a win in the regular season. So pretty much they went 0-16. So it was the Browns like three times. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It was Cowboys in 1960. The Bucks in nineteen seventy six, the Colts in nineteen eighty two, the Lions in two thousand and eight, and the Browns just recently in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Falcons didn't make it. I like it. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, five times a game ended two to nothing. Once was when the Bears beat the Packers in nineteen thirty eight by only scoring a safety. I can't even imagine watching a game like that. I don't, I don't know if it would be really boring or if, like, how great the defenses must have been at that point in time. Sounds like a Giants-Bengals like, kind of game. That's what I'm just saying. I wonder if just because of how crazy the defense was, if that would have made it exciting, or was it really just that the offenses were that bad? It might have been the hint. That's what I'm curious about right there. Because, um, uh, that could be yeah. that could be kind of interesting. Number three, ever since the NFL, um, I'm pretty sure wild card, was introduced in 1970, only 10 wildcard teams have advanced all the way to the Super Bowl, and only six have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Giants did that. I know that. Not yeah, that I'm long ago. Sure. Not that long ago. They had like the sixth seed, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, in 1990, the Saints had an 8-8 eight and eight record and won the Super Bowl, which was the only time this has ever happened. An 8-8 eight and eight team has won the Super Bowl. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Can you imagine those other teams that only lost like two games? I know, right? And they just can't put it together when it matters most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five, the lowest Super Bowl score and the most boring Super Bowl in NFL history <laughs> was when the Patriots beat the Rams 13-3 to in 2017. Yeah, it was really bad. That was the lowest scoring Super Bowl. Was it really? Ever. Out of yeah. all of them? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so boring. That was terrible. Terrible, yeah. terrible football. You would, see, that's... And for fact, so. 
That's the thing you think, right, is where the defense is just that good. No, it was that got awful boring. Yeah. Like, the offenses were bad. It's the defenses. I mean, they were good. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like <clears> they're <throat> amazing defensive plays. That can't, it, was just, it was just bad play all around. Yeah. Um, well, interesting. Now on to. Let's talk news. Regular scheduled programming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's talk news. So there was, so first of all, the Bears, horrible showing this past weekend. And we've said they were definitely the lowest score this they weekend. Were, they were posers to, like, to begin with. They made it in with a decent record, got it. Terrible. Now, um, they had the lowest score this entire weekend. Yeah. By a lot. Yeah. So the Bears have announced today, though, that they are keeping GM Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy mm-hmm. for next season. They are not going anywhere. Their defensive coordinator, however, um, is going to be retiring, though. Yes, he is. Um, the GM Ryan Pace also said everything at the, everything is on the table with the QB position. So not tying themselves to Mitch or Foles or anybody. I think this is going to be for the Chicago Bears the one year trial to try to fix the quarterback position to try to make this team decent, if you will. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on with the Bears. Also. Uh, we talked last week about the Texans getting their GM in Nick Casario. Today, the Broncos just agreed to a six-year deal with new general manager George Payton, um, longtime Vikings assistant uh, manager, so assistant general manager should say. So the Denver has their guy. A lot. There's a lot, and I'm going to talk at the end of this episode about head coach searches and GM searches and kind of where they're at. But the Broncos decided very fairly quickly, I think on who their GM is. Um, a lot of news around urban Meyer tips really with Jacksonville becoming the next head coach. It looks like the chargers are now exploring him as a head coaching candidate. Urban Meyer has been putting together a staff. So it looks like he is in on becoming a head coach somewhere uh, in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys are making some moves to try to make their team better. They actually just hired, oh, yeah. recently fired Atlanta <clears throat> head coach Dan Quinn as the new defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. So congratulations to Coach Q. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he rocks it there. Not against us, but against everybody else is just fine. Um, Cowboys are also hiring Joe Witt Jr. as a secondary uh, coach and a defensive passing game coordinator. Um, he's been around the league for a little while now. So Cowboys are making some moves to try to shore up that defense that on paper looks like a top five defense, Damn. but in real life, horrible this season. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we have here. So the defensive coordinator, by the way, just because we didn't put it out there, uh, Chuck Pagano, uh, old head coach from the Colts, Defensive coordinator from the Bears now retiring from the National Football League. He is 60 years old, so he's he's definitely older. Um, amazing career Chuck Pagano had. I know another uh, little bit of news. Yeah, um, I forget um, I forget who it is from uh, Seattle, but one of their yep. like coaches or something. I forget his I forget his name. But um, he's no longer going to be in Seattle after yeah. working there for like three years. Yeah. So Seahawks fired 
offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. That's who it was. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I saw a lot of stuff on social media yesterday from Rusty Russ and his squad. Rusty uh, Russ. Just thanking him for everything. Yeah, that's kind of a shocker. I mean, I, I guess not much of a shocker um, with how with how they've been playing. I mean, it seems like I mean Seahawks were playoff bound every year. They just can't seem to get over that hurdle. But Brian, look for Brian Schottenheimer to be uh, a new OC somewhere. Um, definitely a talented guy. Definitely, definitely a talented guy. Absolutely. Um, here's an interesting tidbit. So we all know Andre Johnson, right? Absolute star wide receiver, ex-Houston Texan. Very quiet he normally is. You never hear him publicly talk or say anything. He decided to come out this week, just yesterday actually, and publicly cited stating Deshaun Watson needs to hold his ground and potentially demand a trade from the Houston Texans because the Texans are known for wasting people's careers. Yeah. I could not believe when I saw Andre come out and talk because you never hear from this guy um, wasted his career. Uh, Very, very interesting, though. Took a public shot at Jack Easterby, of course, uh, the exec for the Texans, and... Very interesting to see what's going to happen. I don't think he's going to. I don't think Deshaun's going anywhere. I think he'll be with Houston. I think he's going to go um, somewhere. Yeah, one team's going to make it happen. We'll see. I don't know. It, it really going to depend on what the GM wants to do and if Deshaun's just saying this to try to get a little bit more power at who he is. And he should. He should have a say in the GM and the head coach. I think if they truly want to build around him as the franchise guy, he should have a little bit of a say. Well, he also needs more weapons too. Well, he does. He does. And uh, like they should like they should take a wide receiver with their first pick. If there's any good ones. Well, left. Yeah. Well, I don't, they they didn't do so bad this year. It was the defense that couldn't hold anybody to anything. Um, you know, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, they got it done. I mean, they they're they're good wide receivers. I mean, can they use a, a, a true star? Absolutely. Every team could. But uh, that's also up to Deshaun to make that work. But interesting, uh, interesting take from ex-Texan uh, Andre Johnson there. Um, what else? What else? What else? As far as news goes, uh, good news for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Lair practicing. That's good. He's dinged up with a hip, ankle injury. Um, looks like he's back. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um I think that's about it for news. Yeah, I think that's about it for news. I'm gonna we're gonna touch on like I said, coaches, GMs, those kinds of things at the end of the episode. But let's not wait any longer. Let's talk about this past weekend, Super Wild Card weekend. Now on to regularly scheduled programming. It started Saturday with with an amazing football game where the Indianapolis Colts took on the Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia won. Yeah. A very tight but, game, 27-24. Um, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about this, and then you could talk about it. So um, the Bills did win 27-24, and I'm just saying, if the Bills want to compete because I just need to – okay. So, yeah. Um, if the Bills want to compete to get to the Super Bowl against, like, the next teams that they're facing because they have the divisional round and then the conference one – and they're facing the Ravens in the divisional round. Um, they need to, like, their defense needs to, like, lock down more 
and let because their offense did great, but their defense just needs to lock down more and just play better in general. Yeah, the Bills came out to a pretty decent sized lead, and then it seems like the defense really got cushy and soft to just try not to lose the football game, which they almost did. Uh, Hot Rod Rodrigo missed a field goal, which essentially would have tied it up. Um, then kind of out of field goal range at the end to try to, but it was, it was so close and with no help, by the way, from the referees making the terrible call towards the end of the game where the Colts essentially fumbled and Buffalo fell on it. That should have closed it out. Yeah. They did not reverse the call. It's clearly seen on TV. So the NFL yeah. was really just trying to plug this away. Uh, to make it good TV, it seems like, like this time because because they know they're like oh like oh a lot of people are going to be watching this and they know and they know like we wanted to like just lock, like last long it was just so really we, so terrible make, to see so we make more money it was just really terrible to see because it was so clear crystal clear that it was an absolute fumble recovery by the Bills did not overturn it they were the refs did an amazing job the whole rest of the game to be honest with you they did. Uh, but that play, that was that was absolutely that was a huge black mark and um, uh, for for the refereeing team also, in that game. More than likely, this is probably going to be Philip Rivers' last game of his NFL career. Maybe I'm not convinced yet. I think he's got another year in him with the Colts because uh, you know there's a, the the post the post game presser with him uh, was was touching to, to to say the least. Just talking about how you know first year on a brand new team. Really crazy offseason, but then the camaraderie that him and the team had to, to get this far, um, very interesting. If he does, he had a great career. If he, he doesn't, I think I think he has another year in him, but we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I agree. The offense for the Bills looked great because uh, the Colts have an extremely good defense. Um, Josh Allen looked like Josh Allen. It was great to see. And uh, Bills Mafia gets a playoff win. Absolutely love to see it. Yeah, since, like, 1995. Yeah, it was great. You want to hit up the next game? Next game at 440, a little bit random. Um, the Los Angeles Rams took on the Seattle Seahawks. Boom! The Ram- Scared me. Sorry. The Rams beat the Seahawks 30-20 to with um, Goff actually having to come in and play because we know that one guy. John Wolford. John Wolford. Um, he got injured on one of the plays, and he actually had to go to the hospital because there was something with his neck. Yeah, but, thankfully um, he was able to come yeah, back. Then, yeah, the next day he, the next day it was announced that he was out of the hospital and he was doing fine. Yeah, he was actually able to come back for the end of the game to be. He was in the locker room when the team got back there after the win. Yeah, which was super super cool. Glad to hear he's doing okay, and he hasn't even been counted out. McVeigh has not even said if Goff or Wolford will be starting this coming weekend. Yeah. Also, um, Aaron Donald was out for like I think maybe after like the third or like second quarter or something, um, because he had like he might have like broke like a rib or something. Yeah, it seems like he's doing okay. Nothing broken, nothing fractured, nothing like that at all. He uh, he hit Russ and uh, pulled him down, and when he pulled him down, Russ actually bounced off. I watched this play, bounced off of Donald's rib cage. Um, definitely look like it would have been a broken rib or something, but they, they were able to go and take him in and check him out. And uh, he did not come back into the game. But let me tell you what, those guys that were filling in for him, man, did they bring the pressure on Rusty Russ. That, that Seahawks offense looked lethargic. It looked bad. 
they couldn't do anything. And to be honest with you, that Rams defense looked incredible. Yeah. With Jalen Ramsey pretty much shutting down DK Metcalf. You want to know something though? I still don't know how the Seahawks' regular season record was twelve and four. Because, because they it, like yeah, but their games that they won, they were all close. They were. That's the thing. Like they were just they're they're the team that when it comes down to like hey a last second last minute drive, like they can pull that off. Yeah, but they but, need to not have like last minute drives. They need to be like winning the game at least. But a the Rams game. defense, I mean, they smothered Russ and the wide receivers, and they couldn't run the ball. Yeah, even with having Carson and all those guys that are good. I mean, Chris Carson's a guy. I think he's a great running back, but I think that offensive line was either dinged up or is just not good, and they really need to focus on shoring up a good offensive line if they want to do something like get back to a Super Bowl. But Jalen Ramsey, man, he is turning it on come playoff time here, and this coming weekend, which you know we'll we'll announce the games later on, but uh, this can be a fun matchup this weekend. But the Rams defense showing up and showing out against the Seahawks here is. And this was kind of one of it was going to be one of those close games, right? Just an NFC West battle, always competitive. But man, did the Rams show up! Yeah, that was kind of cool to Rams see. Rams are going to take on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's so, going to be a great matchup. Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey. That's what I'm saying. That's going to be a good matchup. This is that's going to be <laughs> very telling of this football game, and of the teams or players. Uh, Next game was the Saturday night game, and it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Washington football team, and the football team yeah, it was a sad fell Saturday night. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go, 31-23. to Now, Washington, of course, Alex Smith did not play. Taylor Heineke was the quarterback, and just a couple of weeks ago, Taylor Heineke had a regular guy's job. Yep. He was not playing football. It was crazy to think of. You come in and you're... You're facing the oldest quarterback, the most uh, awarded quarterback out there in a wild card playoff game in the National Football League. And let me tell you something. That kid has heart and guts. Um, just unbelievable to yeah. watch to watch what he was able to do. Um, that defense, I mean, Tampa Bay's offense, quite a bit of firepower, right? And when you look at Washington's offense to only lose by a uh, a single possession, if you will. Um, incredible for Washington right now. They should, I mean, yeah, yeah they want to win, and, and they could have won, but, man, that was, it was extremely impressive Yeah, for Rivera, that staff, and those that defense, and, and the offense, to be honest with you. I mean, there was a couple of drops, which, you know, here you can't have that in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Good football game overall. I was not expecting it to turn out like that when Alex Smith was not playing. Yeah. Also, I feel like you probably agree with me on this. Alex Smith should win comeback of the like, like comeback oh comeback of player of the year. Yeah, yeah no, without a doubt. I, there's no one else that is even close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next game, it was a Sunday. Is a Sunday one o'clock game and a disappointing loss for the Tennessee Titans when they took on the Ravens and the Ravens won twenty to thirteen. That's because of the defense, man. Defense held dump truck Derek to under 50 yards. I think he only had 41 yards rushing or something like that. Tennessee, if they can't run the ball and set up the game with the run to open up that pass for Tannehill and those guys, they're not going to be successful. And the Ravens somehow just manhandled Derrick Henry into whatever they needed to do. Lamar, you know, looked like yeah. running back Lamar again. And, yeah, I just said it because he is. 
He is. Uh, and I'm truly hoping, because the Buffalo Bills are taking on the Baltimore Ravens this weekend, and Lamar made a comment today of he hopes that this is not going to be his first snow game. Yeah. And I hope it snows. I do. Because if the Ravens have slippery footing and they can't have him running like he does, it's going to completely ruin their offense. It is. And it's going to put them on even ground. Mm-hmm. And I want if Lamar, here's the thing. Lamar wants to be known for a great quarterback. He's always the one that was coming out saying, I'm not a running back, I'm a quarterback. Guess what? You should be hoping for snow. If you are that confident in your quarterbacking skills in the National Football League, you should hope for a little bit of snow so you can sit back there and open up that game with your pass. The truth is, is that team relies so heavily on play action and deciding if it's a run or if Lamar's going to take it or whatever. I don't think people are really that concerned is, is it going to be a run or a pass? Is who's running it? Is it Dobbins or is it Lamar? That's the big, that's the big, we don't know what's happening here. They're not very afraid of if, when it's play action is, is somebody going to run or is it a pass? That's not it. But if they, if it snows, they're not going to be able to run like they're used to. No. This is going to be a very interesting football game. But Tennessee, man, I don't know. You know, throughout the season, you saw where they were kind of up and down and peaks and valleys, and they, they t- churned out wins. But when Derek can't get going, it was a little too late for them to try and rely on Tannehill because the game was so close. They just kept trying and kept trying and kept trying. Baltimore lasted just a little bit longer on being able to contain that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he told me like like that offense doesn't run when Derrick Henry's not like no. running it. No, he he's he's the whole key to it. Yeah. Uh, next game. Oh, great! I get to introduce the worst game of the weekend. You want me, you want me to do it? No, I'll do it. It's fine. Right. Uh, Chicago Bears took on New Orleans Saints. Wasn't even close. No. Twenty-one nine. Saints won this game. No, um, no surprise. The Bears defense is stunk. The Bears offense oh, stunk. Great. I, I get to interview the best game of the week. Um. The Saints put up 21 points on a terrible Bears defense. They only gave up nine points, which, to be honest with you, the Bears didn't even deserve that. No. Um, no run game, no pass game. There Couldn't get anything going. It was one, terrible. There was one guy where, like, there was an easy Bears touchdown that he was, like, he was open in the end zone, and it was, like, it was an easy touchdown, and he just, like, it just dropped it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a perfect pass from Mitchell. You couldn't get any better. No. Guy drops it in the back of the end zone. Um, yeah. And that would have actually tied the game up like 7-7 at that point in time. Yeah. Which could have altered that game. It could um, have. You can't. And, and oh, that's like I said. It's It was an absolute garbage waste of a game. And I knew it would be because the Saints so overpowered and overmatched against the Chicago Bears. Yeah. The Bears didn't belong to be there. I, I don't care what their regular season was. Their season was terrible. And there are much better teams in the NFC that could have gotten in there over them. It's yeah. just they didn't lucked out to be in the right division, I guess. Yeah. Next game and the best game. Sunday night. Sunday night game. The best game ever. Cleveland Browns took on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Browns won 48-37. to And you want to know what had a part in the Browns winning here? Before The, the fact game, that they were a better football team and the Steelers were completely overrated all year. Well, that and also... Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm pretty sure before the game, saying the Browns are just a bunch of gray faces, and at the end of the day, they're still just the Browns. That was great. 
And then after and after this, Claypool, Claypool is just going off on how, uh, it's all right, the Browns are going to lose next week to the Chiefs anyways. Yeah, and I'm, so, like, I'm like, well, yeah, because they're facing the Chiefs, not the freaking Bengals. So here's the thing. First of all, dude, 48-37. I know, it's awesome. Ridiculous, right? That's what I'm talking about. Here's the more impressive thing. Yes, the Steelers put up 37 points, but at one point they were down like 24 nothing. 28 nothing in the first in the first half. 28 yeah. nothing. And the reason that was is because the Browns defense lightened up on purpose. Like I don't want to say on purpose, but they just didn't want to give up. You know, they were they didn't want to give up the big play, so they played it safe. They played more of a prevent type of type of scenario. Yeah, and they were able to pick them pick them apart a little bit. Steelers have no run game. They don't. It doesn't matter if it's James Conner, Benny Snell, zero run game. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's cooked. He's done. Yeah. He's saying he hopes that Pittsburgh wants him back for because he has another year on his deal. I think he's going to retire, to be honest with you. He should just if retire. If he doesn't, that dude's, that dude's old. if he doesn't, it's just hurting this football team. It is. Like, they, like, like they need to take a QB with their first, like their first pick. And Claypool whining like a child is not a good look for someone of his caliber in this league, especially for the Steelers when they already have a history of crybaby Antonio Brown. You, ca- you cannot be doing that kind of stuff, man. And a lot of players have, have come up, older players, just said, suck up your loss, man. Yeah, seriously. You got it handed to you by the Browns. And it is what it is. Time to move on. And can I tell you something? Is that, like, I, I seriously just don't believe that, like, Juju is, like, so, like, He's not a number one arrogant, receiver. Like arrogant, like arrogant and stuff like that. He's a child. He is because he's always he's always just saying stuff about the other team, like dancing on their logos, just because well he doesn't really give you a care why? world. You want to know why? Because he, I think he'd much rather be a social media star like on TikTok. Yeah. Is he just wants to dance and have fun? Well, guess what? That's not Steelers football. It's also just not football in general. So. Whatever. I also, I also think like in his mind he believes he's going to be like the next like Jerry Rice and stuff. Which he's he's not. No, he's not even a number one on his own team. He's not, in my opinion. Claypool should be. He, he needs to cut out the whininess, suck it up, work harder, and do better. Uh, he had an amazing rookie season. Chase Claypool did. He did. Um, definitely shows a lot of promise, and it sucks when you lose, especially at that level, in a wild card to a team that you think you're supposed to beat. But the Browns are a different team this year. They yeah. are a good football team. The defense. Played crazy good against the Steelers. Baker did his thing. Wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, all did their thing. The Browns are not out of this. They are not a pushover. No, they're not. And the Steelers, I think, went into it thinking that they were going to be just fine because they had all their starters back and they barely lost the way or they barely they beat the Browns the, the final week, right? Uh, but not by much. Wait, week, they, seven, wait, week, week 17. No, the Browns won that. They won that one. But it wasn't by much, though. No, it was only by two. Yeah. So they're thinking, well, hey, we have all of our starters back. We should easily take this. The Browns absolutely stomped them into the ground. And they're, and like. Without a head coach, without a line coach, and without a couple of their star players. Yeah. Which, keep in mind, Denzel Ward just came off the COVID list, should be playing this weekend. Yeah. And also, I'm assuming they were probably just thinking, oh, it's just the Browns. They're going to fold anyways. That's exactly what it was. So the Steelers got it handed to them. So as you can see, folks, starting out 11 and 0. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And then you lose two games in a row, and then yeah, you beat, then yeah, you beat the Colts, and then you lose to the Browns. So it is interesting. 
um, they got they got you know some some uh, I don't want to say shade through it, but they got, they got it handed to them just to the fact that you know medicine tastes bad sometimes. Yeah, and the Browns are legit. Yeah. Um, well, but man, what an amazing wild card weekend. Well, that's enough of us bashing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I just I, I hate the attitude. To be honest with you, that's just that's that's my big thing, and uh, you know, I think you got outplayed. What are you I gonna think, do? I think the Pittsburghs. I think Pittsburgh nowadays is gonna be called the home of crybabies. I, I think always put Odell in there too. They just need they need a quarterback change, and they've needed it for years, yeah. and they just don't want to move on from Ben. It's pretty much what it amounts to. Yeah. Did he did he play good this year? Yeah, he played fine this year. Played all right. But his his interceptions, his turnovers always come at the worst time. Now he threw four interceptions in this game. He did. You can't win a football game that way. No. And if you do, it's because you're going against the Bengals. And this forty eight thirty seven score was not nearly as close as what the I mean, it's it's a lot closer than what the game actually was. I'm pretty sure like we either said game of the week was gonna be Colts Bills or Brown Steelers. We probably Colts said, Bills. I'd say we probably said Colts Bills. It was Colts Bills. Definitely. It turned out to be Brown Steelers. Uh, no, I'd much rather watch the Colts Bills game again. I, I wouldn't. It was just, I mean, if you just want to watch a trouncing, then yeah, sure, watch the Brown Steelers game. But yeah. if I want to watch good overall football from both teams and it was hard nosed, it was great. It's Colts Bills. Yeah. Um, I hate the Steelers. That was such a good wild card weekend, though. It, it was absolutely very, good. very good. Um, also, um, are we going to talk about college football sometime? Uh, I wasn't gonna. I want to. I know you do. <laughs> Go ahead and do it now before I get into leaders and stuff. Alabama absolutely killed Ohio State, and they didn't even need Devonta Smith most of the time. Yeah, he was out after the first half and yeah. already broke records. <laughs> yep. 215 yards, three touchdowns in the first uh, first half. And The big uh, old corner, Sean Wade, didn't do anything. Got a couple of uh, finger injuries, so held him out the second yep. half, but they didn't need him anyway. Yep. Yeah, they destroyed Ohio State. And even like a like a foot injured Jalen Waddle still had great catches in there as well. The thing is, he shouldn't even have played football. He should not have been there. Yeah, I got a notification on my phone that said like Mahomes and AJ Brown were just saying like like they should just bench him just so he had so just so he has like a chance of having a football career. The dude had like he's playing like a broken leg. Well, he just had like foot surgery or something. Yeah, but it was because it was broken. There's no way. Like, the coaches should have been like, dude, sorry. Like, you, you should not be out there, and it's for your own good. Yeah. But they just let them do whatever, and that's that's on the coaches. That was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not even – that's the thing is it's not even like like Fields or anybody played a terrible game. It's just – Bama was just that good. Like, defense, stunning. Yeah. Offense, one of the best offenses of college football all time. I mean, you just you you can't go to battle with that. And you if you if you were going to have a chance, you have to go score for score. And honestly, Bama's defense way better than Ohio State's. If like we were talking about this one time, and like I know you said like Zach Wilson's like the best college QB, but would you rank Mac Jones like second or third of like like, right, like I right don't. Now? Are you just are you talking in general? Yeah, because I don't even think Zach Wilson's number one. Oh, I'm talking like in general. I'm thinking, like, if I had to rank college QBs, Trevor's number one. Okay. I think he is going to have a very good pro career. He has all the tools. 
If it's with the Jags, no, it's not. I think Zach Wilson's number two based on what he did this year. And then I think it's, to me personally, I would say it's a very close tie between Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I'm going to slightly give it to Fields just because he's done it longer. He's done it the last couple of seasons. That's true. Where Mac didn't, jo- didn't like he used to play for Georgia? Well, that's the problem is he didn't play. Oh. And then moved on to Ohio State. But Mac Jones, this isn't the only year he played. No. So that's about the only thing I think that would stop me from ranking him higher. I, I would also throw Trey Lance in there as well because he had an amazing year. Um, so those guys are all up there. The top two, are, to me, are Trevor and Zach Wilson. I don't think there's any, any debate about that. Mac Jones had an absolutely stunning, phenomenal year. But when yeah. you have Najee Harris as your running back and you have Devonta Smith and Jalen Waller as your wide receivers and you have an absolutely demolishing offensive line, yeah. if you can put the ball in the right place, you're going to have a great year. So that is why I would. Like, that's why I would rank Zach Wilson above that because he didn't have all those stars, and his ranking was right there alongside with production as far as Mac Jones goes. He didn't have the weapons. He didn't have the O line. It's just kind of sad because I feel like the Patriots like they're going to take a QB in the first round, and I feel like that's probably where he's going to go. Honestly, I think that would be good for Mac Jones. <sighs> With that uh, offensive, with the offensive minds that are there, and that type of mentality, I think Mac Jones would do just fine there. I, you don't want him to go to New England, no. But career-wise, I think that would be completely fine for Mac Jones to go there. We're gonna have to see how it shakes out in the draft. Yeah. But I would, I mean, if I were ranking, yeah, I would say Trevor, Zach Wilson, um. And then honestly, you can you can pick your poison between I think Fields, Jones, and Trey Lance. Depending on what your scheme is going to look like, that would help dictate who would go next. Would you say um, Mac Jones is a good scheme for the Patriots? He's a pocket passer, yes. Yeah. He's not he's not a super mobile guy, but he can be when he wants to be. But he's more of a pocket guy, which Belichick loves. Yeah, not like Cam Newton. So Cam Newton's more of a running guy. Um. Yeah. So, congrats to Bama. Congrats to uh, Nick Saban getting his sixth national championship. What is it, sixth or his seventh? Sixth, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like seventh. Um. All right. Let's jump on to leaders, and I want to give a little shout out, uh, just from the regular season to talk tight ends. Now, it doesn't greatly alter league leaders for the entire regular season. The only person. So let's well let's break it down first. The top five receiving grades: Stephon Diggs, D Hop, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams were tied as far as yardage goes. There's only one person that steps up in there, and it's actually to the number two spot, which is tight end from the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, with 1,416 yards receiving. Absolutely unbelievable. When you look at touchdowns there are two tight ends that are now in the top five and they're both at number five and it's travis kelsey with 11 touchdowns and tight end from the green bay packers robert tanyan 
with 11 touchdowns. So when it comes to receiving grades, those two were the top, top of the line, if you will. Um, you want to talk, talk other yards? The only other tight end that would be in a top 10 category for yards or receiving would be tight end Darren Waller from the Raiders with 1,196 yards, nine touchdowns, and he is ranked number 10 in most receiving yards. Um, let's talk wild card weekend. All right. Leaders. Um, yards. Guess who the leader of yards was? Big old Ben Roethlisberger threw for 501 yards in a loss because he had to keep chucking the ball. He threw the ball. Listen to this. We should look this up because this may be the most ever. He threw the ball 68 times. Dang. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Number two. Tom Brady had 381 yards. Number three, Josh Allen, 324 yards. Four, 309 yards, Philly Rivers. Number five, Taylor Heineke, 306 yards. Mm -hmm. Touchdowns, Ben had four. Baker had three. Rusty Russ, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Philly Rivers all had two. Mm -hmm. Interceptions, Big Ben threw four. Lamar, Tannehill, Rusty Russ, and Heineke all threw one. <laughs> wow. Um, let's take a look at receiving grades from Wild Card Weekend. The top receiver for yards, Juju, 157 yards. Not that hard when your quarterback throws for over 500. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 128 yards. Number three, Mike Evans with 119. Number four, Deontay Johnson from the Steelers with 117. Number five, somebody we've ragged on most of the year, Hollywood Brown with 109 yards receiving the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And I want to give a shout out to this one. Number six is from the Washington football team with 104 yards. Cam Sims. That dude caught unbelievable passes from Taylor Heineke this weekend. It was great to see him show up and show out as well. Um, Very, very cool. Let's talk touchdown, receiving touchdowns. There is a tie. Chase Claypool, DK Metcalf both had two. And then a giant list of people had one that included Antonio Brown, Steven Sims from Washington, um, Zach Paschal with the Colts, Robert Woods from the Rams, Michael Thomas, uh, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Chris Godwin, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Finally, on Wild Card Weekend, rushing grades, leading rusher, Cam Akers, with 131 yards. Alvin Kamara, number two, with 99 yards. Number three, Leonard Fournette, with 93 yards. Number four, Jonathan Taylor, with 78 yards. Number five, Chris Carson, with 77 yards. Uh, Touchdowns, Kareem Hunt, the only one. With two yards or two touchdowns, two yards, that'd be a terrible game. Two touchdowns. Yeah. Then you had JD McKissick, JK Dobbins, James Connor, Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, and Cam Akers, all with one rushing touchdown. Mm. Crazy, crazy times. But that, those are the big stats, I should say. Yep. 
Um, I want to talk a minute about head coaches and GMs. There's a lot that I think are, there's a lot that have, have come out over the last day or two about actual finalists when it comes to who is up uh, for each of these teams here. And uh, the big names, honestly, that have kind of gone through most of the interviews are Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Yep. Uh, Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, um, Bucks defensive coordinator Eric or uh, Todd Bowles, um, Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable, and then there's a couple of other guys that are mixed in. Those guys have been pretty much around with everybody. Um, no one's hired yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from what I'm hearing so far, the biggest name for the Atlanta Falcons seems to be Joe Brady, uh, Panthers offensive coordinator. He seems to be have, have the loudest noise around him on potentially becoming the next head coach for the Falcons. For the Lions, there's a lot of info, there's a lot of stuff coming around about Robert Sala. We'll see what happens there. Um Texans, no news yet on that one. Jacksonville, there's a ton around Urban Meyer. Chargers, there's a lot around Urban Meyer currently. Um, And Robert Sala, I believe. The Jets have also listed Robert Sala as a finalist. So he's had multiple interviews with them. Um, So I think we're going to start seeing these over the next couple of days start to pan out and people are going to start getting hired. Mm. Now, general managers... There's a lot that have been, I mean, they're all over the place right now because everybody's trying to interview their guys real quick. The Atlanta Falcons in the news are essentially down to two, two people. And that's uh, Terry Fontenot from the Saints, VP assistant GM. He's the one finalist for the Falcons. Also, uh, Brad Holmes, the Rams director of college scouting, is also a finalist. I heard that Rick Smith, former Texans GM, is also still in there. But those are the two that have come out as finalists. Um, The Panthers have uh, four finalists right now. Scott Fitterer, which is the Seahawks VP of football operations. Uh, Monty Osenfort, Titans director of player personnel. Adam Peters from the 49ers. And Ryan Poles, uh, which is the Chiefs assistant director of player personnel. They're all finalists for the Panthers. Denver Broncos just hired their guy today, George Payton. Um, looks like Brad Holmes is also in for a second interview with the Lions. So we'll see what happens there. Um, nothing else from the Jags. Uh, Washington football team, of course, they're going to take a look at uh, former Panthers GM Marty Herney, which was in Carolina with Ron Rivera. So that makes sense. And also Martin Mayhew, the 49ers VP of player personnel, expected to interview with the Washington football team. I think, man, honestly, by this time next week, we're going to be talking about a lot of hires, GM and head coaches. I think this is going to come real fast and furious. Um, but that essentially wraps up the coaching and GM chat as well. Uh, anything else you want to talk about here as we're you're kind of reviewing Super Wild Card Weekend? 
Great weekend um, of football. I actually just got a notification on my watch. Aaron Donald is going to play against the Packers. Perfect. I love to see that. Yeah. That's good stuff. Let's, I guess, let's, let's intro the games that are going to come this weekend. Four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Sure. I'll do Saturdays. You do Sundays. All right. Earliest game Saturday, 435 Eastern time. L.A. Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. And then the Saturday night game at 815 Eastern, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Then on Sunday, we got the Cleveland Browns taking on the KC Chiefs. And at 640, uh, the Buccaneers taking on the Saints. These are some weird timestamps for videos. Or not videos. For uh, games. games. Yeah. yeah. They try to try to switch them up a little bit. Because on, on Saturday, you got like 430 and 815. The one that bums me out is the 3 o'clock start on Sunday. Yeah, because on Sunday. Like I love Chiefs, 1 o'clock starts Chiefs on Sunday. Browns game is like yeah. three like 305. And These are going to be good football games, though. Like Saints game is like... Of 640. These are going to be good football games. They are. So, well, that about wraps up Super Wild Card Weekend review here on the All Out Blitz podcast. Um, we'll see you back here pr- maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. We'll see what happens today, of course, Wednesday, December, or January 13th. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll catch you back here in a day or two to talk about the next round and these four games that we just mentioned here. So until then, be safe, everybody. Yeah. And uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends, family, and anybody you can think of. But thanks, as always, for listening to the All Blitz podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace out. Peace.